You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Yes, yes, yes. What is up, friends? Welcome to another episode of NFT365. My name is Kevin, and I wanted to talk today a little bit about creativity and storytelling and how that applies to NFTs. Because it's important that while we have a, a profile picture, while we have an NFT that is a deliverable, and we might have some utility that goes behind it, understanding the story, understanding the context and meaning can add extra value to your project. For example, a picture of a skeleton is great, but if you know that it represents a bone marrow transplant, if that's the story behind it and if it's supporting some sort of cause, all of a sudden that has different meaning, that has a different connection and you connect on an emotional level. So that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. Fanzo is traveling this week. This Today is episode 126, and he has been in San Diego all week at Social Media Marketing World and gave a great presentation a couple days ago. But it is now you know, about 4.30 in the morning on the East Coast, 10, 10.30 uh, in uh, Hawaii. So we're technically still on day 126. And if you've ever wondered if we had a backup plan, this is it. Uh, and we've got a few people waiting in the wings to sort of hop in and, and post an episode just at the last second. But today I want to talk about why storytelling is important. And it's not only important to provide value to a project like an NFT and add context, uh, but it's also important because if you tell your story, if you tell how you got through a difficult moment in your life, there's somebody else out in the world who can hear that and will benefit from that. And you might be that one piece of advice, that one sort of spark that moves them along in their story and, and helps them get out of sort of the bind that they were at. Because any great story um, has a protagonist, has a, a hero character that we follow through their journey. And usually there are obstacles and some sort of wise old, you know, mentor or or outside source will just provide that one piece of information that moves them along. And there's great value in sharing stories versus just simply providing technical data or technical information. And for those that don't know me, I spent nearly two decades in the market research world. So I connecting, you know, the value of data versus data and story uh, has been part of my life for, for quite some time. And there was a great study, and it's in a book called Made to Stick, but these two teachers in Stanford had these students. And to half of the students, they said, here, we're going to give you just these technical pieces of information, and we want you to tell those to the audience. The other half of the students, they gave the same technical pieces of information, but they put them in the context of a story. But what happened was that only about 5% remembered any specific data points that were told just from the technical pieces of information alone. 63% remembered the stories. And that's the impact. It's about telling the right parts of the right story to the right 
audience. And I go back to my market research days where we had an app and they did this international study, 26 countries. They wanted to understand what people were doing while they were using the app. And as a deliverable, they wanted to hang a poster that sort of outlined their audience. They hang it in the front of their marketing team and say, this is who you're talking to. This is what they're doing while they're using our app. About halfway through the the study, we, we quickly found that it was more than just one story. It was more than just one audience. There were 26 individual uh, sets of activities, 26 individual cultures that varied significantly. So instead of just delivering that one poster, we gave 26 individual posters to 26 individual countries that represented 26 individual audiences. And what this app found was that their audiences, their customers felt like this, this app was speaking directly to them, that they knew them better than they knew themselves. So understanding the the needs and the wants of your audience and and most importantly, understanding what they want to learn is so important. And there are different ways to tell stories. Uh, We talk a little bit about story structures and and there are a variety of, uh, I remember a study we did with, with these different segments and we were surprised because there was a segment of millennials that popped unexpectedly. The client wasn't expecting it. We weren't expecting it. And so instead of starting the story at the beginning and saying, all right, well, this is the methodology we used. And then we went out and did this, and then we did this, and we did this, and telling it sort of in chronological order, we started with this rather surprising piece of information, this engaging, actionable item that they could, this client could use. And so we, we started there and we grabbed their attention rather quickly because nobody was expecting it. And that's a great way to start a story. Start off with something that nobody expects. Ask a question, inspire, shake your audience up. And then we backed up and it's a story structure called in medias res, which literally means start in the middle and then go back to the beginning and then tell how you got there. And you see this in movies all the time. You've got this great action sequence at the beginning of a movie. You're like, what is going on? And then the little, you know, overlay on the screen comes in and it says 48 hours earlier and you, you join them at breakfast. And so that's one way to sort of structure a story that might be a little more interesting than just giving it in chronological order. Another way to structure a story is the way that you're probably very familiar with. It's called the hero's journey. And that does go in a bit of a chronological order. It very quickly sets up the world. And then there's an exciting, it's exciting. It usually is exciting, but is an inciting incident. And it is a moment uh, in the story when you say everything was going great. It was a normal Tuesday until this happened. And that's that, that moment that the whole world changes for the lead character and they're off on this unexpected journey and there are going to be obstacles on the way and characters they meet that help them get through their journey and they will they will reach sort of this peak or climax of the story uh have to overcome a very large challenge and then there's a denouement at the end and and they they relax and they finish their story and the funny part is this i hear a lot of people say oh i don't have a story to tell i'm not very interesting you absolutely 100% do have a story to tell. The story of how you got to where you are. I guarantee you some significant moments in your life where you've had to make a decision and you didn't know the outcome in either direction, but you trusted your gut, you made a choice and it worked out. And that's, those were, those are where the greatest stories usually start. For me, um, it was, sitting at a middle school lunch table 
and I was just finishing up in lunch. A uh, music teacher came in and, and asked my friend. He said, "Hey, are you are you coming along?" You want? And my friend said, "Oh, sure, sure, sure." And so he left. And then the music teacher turned to me and said, "Hey, are, are you coming along? You want to want to come along?" I did not know what I was getting into, but I had finished my lunch and I really had nothing else to do. I said, "Sure, okay." The next thing you know, I was in a, the orchestra pit of a musical. Musical theater was not even remotely in my mind, but I was sitting in an orchestra pit singing and watching a lot of my friends on stage singing and dancing and acting and having a fantastic time. And a spark went off for me. I said, wow, I want to do that. And so the next year I came back and I auditioned for that show and I got in. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was playing, you know, the lead uh, in the show. And at the same time, while all of this was happening, there was a friend of mine in high school who said, you know what, I've got this show uh, that I've written the music, sorry, I've written the book and, and the lyrics and I need some music put to it. W would you be interested in writing? I said, sure, absolutely. And uh, so we spent, you know, that entire summer, you know, we'd write a song a day, uh, or maybe it was two songs a day. We, we just we kind of scheduled it back and forth. And by the end of the summer, we had a show and we said, hey, let's do a little concept recording. And so we did that. And then, you know, there are suddenly these two kids in their late teens taking a concert recording and a full musical down to a theater, a professional theater downtown. And this theater said, okay, you seem like you know what you're doing. So we're going to put this up. And uh, suddenly I'm the music director of this show that I had written in my living room and is now getting performed for an audience. And we love that experience so much that we wound up running another show and that show got produced. And, and it goes to show you that if I hadn't made a decision at that lunch table in middle school, my whole life would be different. So there are stories, there are moments that change your life. So if you ever feel like you don't have a story to tell, look for those moments in life and I'm sure you will find them. Another basic story structure is sort of a journalistic approach. And the philosophy here is if you've ever written an executive summary in the, in sort of the business world, you get all of the key headlines up top or, or, or in the journalism world, you write what is called a lead. And it is basically your entire story within just a few sentences. So if somebody were just to read that, they would get the basic pieces of information without reading the entire article. And it goes back to the newspaper days when column inches were really important. And if a late breaking story happened and an editor needed to, to make more room to, for that story and maybe cut some other stories, all they would have to do was sort of edit the end of your story. And people would still, you know, readers would still get the full story when they read your article, but maybe not all of the detail that's provided as it goes along. I think one of the greatest ones though, comes from uh, a woman named Nancy Duarte, who has been uh, a presentation guru for a, a long time. She developed a story structure uh, through research called Sparklines, and she gave a great TED talk on it. I highly encourage you to look it up. She's written a couple books as well. Um, Sparklines, from a structure standpoint, alternates between what is and what could be. And it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And she uses Steve Jobs as an example. And Steve Jobs said, all right, here's the state of the, the, the phone industry. You know, and this is what we know. But what if a phone could do this? You know, and then most phones today, well, they can just kind of do this. And what if a phone could do this? And he goes back and forth and back and forth. And by the end of it, you're like, wow, what if a phone could do all of that? And then he rolls out and says, everything that sounded like a dream, everything that sounded like it was so far off, that's what I'm giving you today. And as we're sitting here talking about NFTs and we're sitting here talking about the blockchain,
we're in that moment. What if, you know, right, right now, NFTs are our profile pictures. NFTs are this. NFTs are novelty. What if NFTs could do this? What if NFTs could do that? And this is sort of the ideas that maybe Fanzo is rolling out on the podcast. So you go back and forth between what it is and what we could be doing and go back and forth and back and forth. And there will come a time, today is not that day, but there will come a time when somebody says everything that sounded like a dream, everything that sounded like it was way far off in the future is what I'm giving you today. And that's the moment that is going to happen and it will blow people's minds. It will change the world. It will change how we do business because the blockchain as a technology is as life-changing as the iPhone was to the mobile phone industry. It's as life-changing as the internet was to any media that preceded it. So pay attention, keep your ears and eyes open because there will be that moment and it's just a matter of who is going to make that moment. And it could be you. Story structures can also be helpful to people. So, for example, if you, you just got rugged, and you're like, oh, this sucks. And what am I doing? I don't know why I'm here. Why am I in this, this you know, industry? There was a Discord as I'm, uh, you know, about an hour ago that just got hacked for a fairly known NFT. There are times when you will be in what, what feels like a valley of despair. And I, I, I would like to offer up, it's not a story structure, but it's something called the emotional cycle of change, which could be viewed as a story structure. And, and <clears throat> when you're in that sort of pit, that valley of despair, uh, as Don Kelly and Daryl Connor, Connor call it, and these are two guys from like the seventies, imagine an upside down bell curve. And that's the journey you go on, uh, with, a project. It's a journey you might go on with an NFT project where you start off with uninformed optimism. You're like, wow, I have this great idea for an NFT. I think it's going to be the best thing ever. Uh, you know, we're going to do this and this and this and this. This is great. And then you, then you realize, all right, let's do it. Let's commit to it. Let's say we're going to do this and sort of put that out into the world. Fantastic. You start to descend into this, you know, upside down bell curve and you reach a point called informed pessimism where you, you start to think, oof, I might've bit off a little more than I can chew. Uh, this, the details of rolling this out are a little more. I understanding the smart contract is, is, is a little trickier. You know, we might need to hire a dev to help us out or someone to audit the, the smart contract. And that's informed pessimism. You're, you're like, you're starting to understand what you've gotten yourself into and you're not quite sure where this is going. You know, it's going to be tough, but you still think it's going to be okay. And then you hit it, that valley of despair. You're in the depths of the project. You're in the weeds. It feels like you're, you, there's, you don't know what's going to happen. No, there's no way up. It's just an impossible task. And what have I gotten myself into? And then there's a break. And this is what I will tell you. If you are in a project right now, if you are doing something at work, if you are doing an NFT project, if you're doing anything, you will have that moment, that feeling of the valley of despair and the best projects, the best NFTs push on because there will be a break. There will be a, a ray of light. There will be a, a wise mentor. Someone will come in to your story and give you that one piece of information that you need to move on and start the way back up the other side of the upside down bell curve. And then you come into what is called informed optimism. 
and you go, oof, I think I can do this. I've got this. I made it through this very difficult patch. I'm almost done. I can see the end of the light, uh, the end of the tunnel, and I know this is going to happen. And then you finally finish it. You get, you, you, you release your NFT or you, you've executed on, you know, a part of the roadmap or, or whatever it is. And that's a, a, a success. So that is the emotional cycle of change. And I've personally found it helpful. And I will maybe leave it there. And I will say that the journey for NFT 365 has been a fantastic one so far. And we are just getting started. We are just one third of the way through this year of, you know, buying a, an NFT every day for 365 days. It has been such an experience. We've learned so much. We've learned, you know, everything from the technical pieces of information like wallets and exchanges and, and different sort of blockchains to different strategies, maybe. You know, he Fanzo talked earlier about this three by three by three strategy and, and thought that maybe it was more of an advanced strategy, but then changed his mind and said, you know what? This is a great strategy for anybody who's even starting out. So understanding all of that and we're on this journey together and that we can help each other um, is a great thing. And there was a, there was a wonderful moment in the discord tonight. We had our first game time and we didn't call it game morning or game night or whatever. We didn't want to, it was an international thing. We had people from, from, from all over. There is really a community here. There is a wonderful movement. Shout out to Ash and, and Mofo and Linnell taking one, two, and three in the game night. Uh, bravo to them. Everybody did a great job and we had a lot of fun. We did like name that tune. We did some Fanzo themed trivia um, and, and it was a blast. And we'll do that again in the future. Uh, but if you're not already in the Discord, head over to discord.gg slash ADHD coin uh, and hang out there. We, we have a wonderful set of people there uh, who help each other succeed. Uh, as always, this podcast is super powered by the ADHD coin available at rally.io. Uh, go and check it out. It's a free account to make, uh, and, and you can help support this podcast. If you've enjoyed the things that you've learned here or enjoyed listening to the podcast, that's a picking up some ADHD coin is a great way to support that and keep this going. Uh, so as always, as Fanza would say, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is